Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich with me, your host, Amanda Muse. Season four is happening right now. Are you new here or have you been listening since the very beginning? Either way, I'm thrilled you're here and I would love to know what you think of the show. Head to iTunes, search The Sandwich, rate, review, and subscribe and let me know what you think. If you're here from another platform, I'm so grateful for your support, but I would love it if you could just take a couple minutes, head over to iTunes, search The Sandwich, leave a star rating, a comment, let me know what you think, share it with a friend, and follow. By letting iTunes know that The Sandwich is a podcast worth listening to, you will help get it into new people's ears and spread the love. Thank you for your support. Back to the show. so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you stuck around. And I'm also very surprised how many new listeners there have been in the last few weeks that I've taken a little pause. Or maybe how many of you have gone back and listened to some episodes that you maybe missed or that you enjoyed and wanted to listen to again. So I'm so grateful for each and every one of you beautiful humans. And um, oh my gosh, there's so much to discuss. There's so much to discuss, especially if you're not following me on my other platforms, which is, of course, YouTube, Amanda Muse, Instagram, Amanda Muse. I'm not as active on Twitter, although I do enjoy perusing Twitter, but I'm there. Muse Amanda. Oh, and there's also TikTok. Muse Amanda. Okay, down to business. First of all, I got to tell you, I'm sitting in my office, which still has patches on the wall and needs to be painted and various other things and like a floor put in and stuff. But friends, I am looking out a window into my backyard and it is freaking glorious. I am just, I knew it was going to be beautiful, but like it exceeded all my expectations. And I don't know what it is about my house, which As you know, we moved in uh, early summer, uh, like basically the weekend of June 28th or whatever. But I just, I'm obsessed with wanting to see this house in the winter. I think it's just like, there's so many beautiful trees everywhere and like fir trees, is that what they're called? The kind that don't, you know, lose their needles over the winter months and the way that the snow is going to settle on it and just, oh my God, I'm just obsessed. I am just obsessed. I love this house. I don't know if I've told you guys that, but like as much work as there is to be done, I don't even care. Like I just, there's something about this home. I'm just obsessed with it. It, it could very well be my space to be honest. Um, this workspace is coming along and the fact that there's now a window, like I feel my creative, you know, juices flowing and it's very exciting. So I'm thrilled to be finally sitting down to record episodes, especially this episode, which is the first one back. Oh, P.S. Honey is sitting in this room with me and she's just, I don't know what's happening, but she's rolling around on the floor. So you may hear some bouncing in the background, but I'm sure you guys can overlook it. But um, I was really, really stifled like the last few weeks with feeling like there was so much happening um, with renovations or just like so much to do, not even actually happening yet. And I actually was saying to Dean, like, and I know I've told you guys as well, but I was saying to Dean, I am so, I'm like crippled by probably my perfectionism that creeps in quite frequently, feeling like I just can't even get going on the things I have to do what I've been doing is prioritizing like all the important work things um, because naturally work things means income and that means the family can keep eating, which is wonderful. Uh, Prioritizing that, prioritizing the family, homework, play dates, trying to get some fitness in there. So I've definitely been like doing all the normal things, but in terms of like really getting into creating the podcast, which I feel like requires some mental clarity because you're naturally in a room like me right now by myself talking to you, but you're not here like engaging with me. So it's, you really got to feel, I feel like you got to feel very free and open and light. And I haven't felt that way because my space was just not, oh, I should also note Dean is doing renovations, but you know what? 
we take what we can get. So if you may hear some clicking, again, apologies. I'll try to keep talking. Um, but I was saying like, I'm feeling so crippled by the fact that like I'm sitting in this windowless room to work and it's depressing and there was boxes everywhere. And so he came in and like emptied all the boxes and then surprise, the the dudes doing the windows, the co- contractors actually came a day earlier than we expected. So I've never been so happy with this freaking window. Like, honestly, I'm thrilled. So next steps for the office space are paint. I've, we've picked the flooring. Um, we're just looking at places for like, where can we get the best price, you know? Um, and just kind of like getting this process started. And I made mention to this on Instagram the other day. It was like the face of a woman who's been dreaming of a window in her office for the last four months. And it, it was also a reminder to us and myself that We don't live in an HGTV episode where within 45 minutes, commercials included, you see a space go from shambles to beautiful and you don't see all the work that goes in it behind the scenes. You don't see that it took a month and a half or two months with an entire crew um, and all the money that goes into that because, you know, Dean and I have mentioned this before, but like if you want to see the return on your home a lot of times, and if you can, you should try to do the work yourself because that's where you save. It costs a lot of money to pay for people to come in and do things. So yes, we got the windows installed, but I mean, that's one of these things where like they're cutting a hole into your house. Can you please do it properly? We can do the flooring. We can do them by we, I mean, Dean, <laughs> Dean can do the flooring and the paint and that stuff. Um, and then actually, I'm going to have my one of my dearest uh, BFFs, Joanna from Nesting Story, has reignited her interior design business. And she is going to be, I'm going to be one of her clients. And so we're going to work together and decorate the space. And I don't have a skill for that. I don't know where to hang things. I enjoy beautiful spaces and beautiful places. I just don't know how to do it. I'm really good at enjoying things, though. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to enjoy the space. Anyhow. Let's get into today's episode, which is going to be a little Q&A. I've done a little update. Um, so yeah, let's get into a Q&A. I had just posted on YouTube the this week, so as you're listening to this last week, but I just posted some Q&As that you guys uh, asked me over on Instagram, but naturally you can't get to all of them. So I figured what we could do right now is just get to the ones I didn't get to answer. How does that sound? Now, before I jump into the questions, I wanted to say that, you know, one of my goals for this season was to actually come at it in a different way and have a little bit of a different format. So I'm going to try incorporating some more dialogue and questions and comments from you guys. And so what I wanted to do right now was just take a moment to show some appreciation for my listeners. And thank you guys for your amazing comments that you leave on iTunes. If you didn't know, podcasts, I mean, you can listen to them everywhere, but the big main player, which is iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, is really how your podcast gets, you know, listed and recommended and pushed into other people's ears. And so your ratings and reviews, like, really help. So with that in mind, I wanted to give a little shout out to a few of my most recent comments. So Jessica Marie Penny, who also happens to be a friend of mine. Thank you for this. She was engaging and relatable. Five stars. Amanda Muse hits on all those issues you encounter as a parent, mother, woman in a funny and relatable way. Her podcast is a great reminder that we are not alone and leaves you feeling empowered, ready to take on the next thing and the next thing. She's my kind of gal. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. Next, I want to give a little shout out to Krista Pearl Sal. She says, really good. Five stars. Such a relaxed, informative, interesting podcast. I usually listen when I'm getting ready in the morning or driving to work. Love it. Thank you so much. And one more from Loris Powers 1980. She says, I just saw you. Four stars. I was watching the LeBrant family channel and I just saw you on a commercial. I was like, Oh my God, that's Amanda. Thinking of how I would talk to you because of the comments turned off, thought, ah, podcast, woo woo. I hope you are um, and congrats. I hope you are well and congrats on the commercial. Lorraine from Alberta. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you guys leaving um, these comments and these ratings over on iTunes. If you would feel so inclined, head over there and uh, leave me a rating and review and we'll see if I can include that in the next episode. 
Okay, now we are going to jump to some questions. Now, a few of these, like I said, I have done a YouTube video. So I'll link that in the show notes in case you want to go and check that out. But let's see what is happening here. So Marcy TF says, did you watch a Netflix series called Unbelievable? I did. I saw a lot of people, well, I should say I started it. I saw a lot of people talking about Unbelievable. It was kind of like hitting social like crazy. It was on Twitter, it was everywhere and Instagram. Now I did, of course, see that it was rather triggering. So I kept that in mind and um, I watched it. And so my understanding of the show, because quite frankly, I haven't seen the whole thing, was there is uh, some sexual violence, a rape occurs, and it talks about um, the experience of the woman, the victim, from the perspective of having all sorts of male uh, police and investigators versus when a woman gets involved, I think is kind of like the understanding. I'm going to tell you something though. I have had sexual violence in my history and I found it so triggering that I could not actually get through it. Like it is such a fear. I mean, the first eight minutes of the episode of the first episode, it, it shows you like in real time, the violent act, which is essentially someone breaking into her home at night while she sleeps, raping her in a very dramatic way. And you hear like the way he speaks to her and it was, it was like too much. So honestly, I couldn't do it. Um, I think that these types of shows are important to address things, but it's kind of like 13. I think that show is called 13 on Netflix. And now there's like a season two and a season three or something. I just can't do it. I find it so uh, triggering. And it's too heavy for me. I don't really consider myself an empath. Like, but I am like, I feel things if you cry, I'm gonna cry with you. Like, it's just too heavy. And I feel like I take on too much of those big emotions. And I'm actually drawn to the um the strange and the culty things. And I find it very interesting, like psychologically how people can be um, impacted, but it's like, that's too heavy for me. And I don't know. It's just, it's too much. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. There's my thoughts on that. I could not watch it, but I do think that like that stuff is important and the message is important. It's just, it's heavy likely some shit I haven't sorted through yet, to be honest. Love Rona Studio. Do you approach your kids with delicate topics when facing them or are you, or do you wait for them to ask? Okay. So what I'm gathering, because there's only so many words you can put into these little questions on Instagram. So what I'm gathering is like, how do you deal with these heavy topics with your kids? Okay. So kind of coming off this last question, which was like about rape and sexual violence and that. So rather than talk about it like, boom, let's address this terrifying subject matter, which may likely traumatize you because you're seven, I come at it from a different way. So like ever since they were small, we have spoken about their bodies, that they are in control of their bodies. As they've gotten older, we talk about the word consent and use that word. So rather than be like, who's allowed to touch your body? You're like you and mommy and daddy and that's it, you know, or a doctor if mommy's in the room. But like, as they've gotten older, it's now like consent. And as they're getting even older, one of the things that I am navigating right now and trying to figure out how to discuss it with my children is the idea of how if someone is preying upon you, like not like a spooky person that jumps out of a bush, but like a pedophile, as you know, pedophiles tend to be, you probably know one, I probably know one too, which is terrifying, but they're not like the scary person. They're like your friendly soccer coach. They're your friend's dad. They're an uncle. They're that kind of stuff, you know, like it's, it. so it's, it's trying to explain that these people don't always have a scary mask. They could be people you trust. Explaining to my child that not only could you trust them, but you may enjoy the attention that's a weird one. And this is a topic I want to talk to you guys about at length because when I was 14 and 15, I thought I had a boyfriend, but this man was 25 years old. That is not a boyfriend, but the attention was lovely. And so I want to explain to my children to know the warning signs 
when those types of interactions come up and that they are always welcome and safe to come and talk to mom or dad and that they're never going to get in trouble for talking to me about these things. You know, I'm sure you all remember being a young teenager and feeling like you're getting attention from a camp counselor or a lifeguard who's older than you, like too old to be giving you that attention, but not so old that it that it freaks you out, you know? And what do you do with all those feelings? What happens when that person who's supposed to be responsible crosses a line? So it's those conversations that are coming up. And I feel like there are a lot of resources that you can access right now um, online. It's not that I feel like, sorry, that's a sentence that I say. There are a lot of resources online for you to access to see, okay, how to talk to a five-year-old about sex or bodies or consent. And there's so many things for you to tap into. Um, I do a tactic like I take each of them separately and talk to them because they are both going to learn at different ways and different things are going to make sense. Like for my son, who's five, I took him aside one day and in a very cool, non-scary way, talked to him about, hey, did you know, like one of the reasons why you come with mummy in the bathrooms at restaurants is because what, like, what would you do if you were in the stall and you were going to the toilet or you're going pee at the urinal and a man offered to help you with your zipper? Because P.S., that's what pedophiles do. They, you know, I read this article that they like to wait outside places, like busy places, like a fast food restaurant chain. They see that moms are busy. Little boys go into the bathroom and they help them with their underwear. They help them, you know, it freaks me out. It gets me effing irate. But we cannot be naive to the fact that there is bad shit happening in the world. And it's not always, it's not always someone else. It could be happening to your child and you have to pay attention to the warning signs. And so I try not to overwhelm myself because I am a human being and an empathic person who gets frightened by bad things. But I think like if I empower my children to know their worth and know that they have a voice and that they will listen when I will listen when they speak, I feel like it's setting them up for success. Also, I want to finish on one thing. I saw this really interesting a little meme, I think it was floating around on Facebook or something, or somebody shared it somewhere, I saw it. But it was like, um, this woman was recalling when she was a teenager, her dad gave her a slip of paper. And he said, put this in your drawer. And if ever anything comes up, and you feel like you you might get in trouble for telling me, just bring me the slip of paper, and I will not get mad at you. And we will talk it through. And essentially, the slip of paper basically said, like, I love you. I want to support you. Let's work through whatever it is that just happened. You're not in trouble. And I thought that was a beautiful message because we don't want to, you don't want to create an environment where your kids are scared to get in trouble to tell you the person that they are supposed to trust the most in the world with their safety and their health and well-being. You want to create an environment where, yes, there are boundaries, but that you're the person that they should talk to. Obviously, I have a lot to say on this subject matter, and we should probably do an episode by itself, but that's Hopefully that answered the question. I basically deal with it, but then I also try to be proactive in some ways and really like get a head start on certain topics so my kids are equipped with the tools to handle life. You feel me? Cool. The Real D Wolf said, how do you get over a friend breakup? So many people talk about romantic breakups. Help. That is a doozy, especially if this friend has been in your life a long time and it fills quite a void um, with them being gone. You know, It does have a lot of similarities to a romantic breakup because it's the same thing. It's like this person, you cared for them. They they took up space in your life. Now that they're gone, there's this void. Now what do you do? I would say it's probably, you know, a lot of things you would do in a similar situation. Like if you're feeling really, really upset about it, maybe you need to talk to someone like a professional, talk therapy. Um, As you know, that's a regular factor in my life and it's a great opportunity to have somebody to bounce stuff off of and give you coping tools and mechanisms. Uh, You know, taking time for yourself, maybe take that void and start to inject that space with some self-care start doing maybe like take a walk, you know, go for, um, you know, a, a gym workout, pop in a podcast. If you'd normally be calling that person to talk to them every day, maybe get a podcast that you're really into and slowly but surely habits kind of break themselves. What is it like? It takes three weeks to create a habit. I'm not sure how long it takes to break one, but maybe it's about that same time. You will slowly start to fill your space with other things, other thoughts, but like like any big emotions in your life, it's beautiful to just walk through the pain, feel it. And once you're done, you let it go. You know, sometimes we can do symbolic things 
burn some shit, write down some things about that person that you will miss, that you're sad about, that you're angry about, burn it. That's always fun. Um, But you know, sometimes it's those symbolic things that you can do that help you release this energy and hopefully find a way to move forward. But good for you for letting go of something that was not necessarily good for you, if that's the way that it happened, because life is too short to fill your space with shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Only the good people. Hmm. Rosie Life with Gray, who P.S. is going to be on an episode coming up soon. I'm excited to chat with her. But she was saying, what is your ultimate dream project or brand or person to work with? I mean, that's an awesome question. You know, I feel like I have had some amazing experiences in my time as a content creator. I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself, like when I'm having those moments of feeling inadequate or I'm not doing enough, it's like, oh, oh, no, 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 hold on. I have worked with the likes of Wendy's and done a full commercial ad spot. I've done stuff with Walmart. I was on a mini, I was on a web series as myself um, acting. I've been on morning shows. I have done segments um, on the W network. I have done so many interesting things. And even like pre content creator life, I was a little, um, I had like a little spot on a television show. And so I've done that like interesting stuff I've been on a modeling situation. I've had a billboard, you know, so I think that there's like so much you have to remind yourself like, oh my God, that was so cool. And I find that I don't necessarily have like this, this, this like, oh my God, I need to work with this person. I just like where things are going. I think ultimately, if I was to say, what's your dream to like project, I would love to have my own show, whether it's a television show or if the platforms change and it's like having my own produced show on YouTube or podcast. But to be working with a team of people, I just think, I think I could do so much. It's just that my limitations are that I am one person. Now, of course, I do work with an amazing team, amazing sales team that gets me so many of these opportunities. That's incredible. So I just think like, can you imagine what I could be doing if I had them and I had like a crew and a writer and a producer who could help me research topics and just really come at it from a very well-produced standpoint? I just think it would be incredible. So I think once I'm done with this phase of small children, I'll have more time to dedicate to that type of project. But I think one of my One of my qualities or traits I admire about myself is I'm just, I'm always very open to new ideas and projects and trying new things. And I feel like that's helped me. So I say yes to a lot of things that scare me because I just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What would happen if I try this? And so many interesting things have come my way. And I just want to continue in that way because you just never know what's coming down the line, you know? Sophs914, struggling with mental health with a nine-month-old baby. Any tips? I think... My dear, it's reminding yourself that this is not forever. If this is your first baby, then, oh my gosh, you feel it in the depths of your soul like this is going to never end. But I promise you, my friend, it does. And it's so hard. And it was like, enjoy all the moments. Fuck that. Not all the moments are good. Esme was a puker. Every time that girl's (laughs) fever spiked or went up even like a little, she was vomit city. And if you know me... I don't do vomit very well. It's horrifying. So there was just so much puke and she never slept. And it was like, oh my God, this is never going to end. And then Jack was a lot easier. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he was that much easier because he was like my little pug baby and he did not breathe very well for a while. Thankfully, the removal of the tonsils and adenoids have helped that significantly. But I mean, I think the thing is with your subsequent children, you just start to realize that it's temporary I mean, it got to a point where I started to remind myself when something would change and they were going through like a weird phase. I'm like, okay, if this shit still is happening in two weeks, then I'll look into like what's going on. But normally it's just a phase. They're growing, their teeth are growing, their bones are growing, you know, they're trying new foods, they're a little constipated. Like there's so many things. And I think that's the part is like, just remind yourself it's not forever and try to steal some time for yourself. I know that sounds really hard, but like the laundry, you'll not, you, nobody's going to die if you don't do the laundry, you know, eat some food that you enjoy, listen to a podcast you enjoy, just take a little bit of time for yourself because you're allowed to enjoy your life 
even while you mother a baby, you know? Hope that helps, my friend. Sandra DG83, what do you think about commercials and ads with real looking blood? I'm not sure what this, this, when I read this the first time, I was like, what? But I'm having a feeling this is referring to menstrual products and I'm here for it. Nobody bleeds blue. Last time I checked, those are the dumbest uh, period commercials I've ever seen. Like, what are you talking about? Make it pink. Why? Who cares? You know what I mean? If we, re- if we remove the stigma of things, the shame goes away and we can all start to just accept that those of us with uteruses is that a plural? Uteri? Those of, those of us who have a uterus, more often than not, that uterine lining sheds every 28 days or so. And like, can we just accept it and move on? That'd be great. Thanks. So yeah, no, I don't care. I do not care. Jessica Penny, she says, is there such a thing as too much self-care for moms? I may be towing the line. Ha! No, never. Just think of all those sleepless nights where self-care was like a distant memory. and We thought it would never happen again. You deserve it enjoy your life. You know what? As long as your children's needs are being met, your partner's happy, you're happy, your home isn't falling apart. Well, I say that looking at my home that's in shambles. As long as needs are being met and you're taking care of your responsibilities as a contributor to your family, if you're feeling good and you're enjoying your life, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. Do more of it. Jackie F89. How do you deal with comments about therapy? We started marriage counseling and someone said, what? You've only been married a year. It's hard enough getting my husband on board to go and then to work out a schedule without that comment. That person can suck on some chocolates all day balls. Like, honestly, what's wrong with people? Like, be gone. (sighs) It's just rude. First of all, people need to mind their business and if, unless they're living in your house, sleeping in your bed, going through the things that you're going through, then they can bugger off. Do you know what I'm saying? It's easier said than done, but maybe in those moments, I would like stand up for yourself and be like, well, you know what? Therapy is very common. And I think that marriage, like working out, like all the things, you have to put work into it to see like beautiful results. So we're committed like, screw you, dude. You know what I mean? And and I don't feel bad. If someone's trying to shame me, I don't want to like add fire, like fight fire with fire. But sometimes a little fire is pretty good because I feel like some people take liberties with what they say and it's inconsiderate. And maybe if you bite back a little bit, they'll back down. And also it'll show your husband that you are committed to this relationship in the sense that it is worth putting the work in. You want to be with this person. What are the statistics? I'm pulling this number out my ass right now, but like it's a crazy high. Was it 50% divorce rate? I don't even know right now, but it's very high. And I just think good kudos to you for giving it a fighting chance and trying to like get yourself on the right foot, you know? And like try to keep your marriage on track because so many things will derail you. Why not? Why not put the work in? And P.S. Dean and I went to a counseling session just either before or after we got married because um, we were, sorry, I'm winded, got excited there. (laughs) But we, um, we were moving to Malaysia and I was feeling really overwhelmed. And I was like, I think we need to talk to someone just to like, am I insane for leaving Canada right now? And so we spoke to someone and it was great. And I felt very excited about the move. But yeah, good for you. Gray Bruce Girl says, I would love to hear more about your age gap relationship. What age gap is too much? Do your children notice? Mm, That's a good question. I don't know if there's too much. I think it's a preference. You know, I guess the question you have to answer for yourself is, are your lifestyles, because of your age, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like compatible. Are they compatible? Because if you're like, really into fitness and you want your partner to work out with you and your partner's 50 years older than you, that may not last very long. You know, I think you have to be present and living your life right now, but also be cognitive of the fact that like relationships, what is that? Oh my God, Dean's literally sanding. I'm sorry, guys. We're just going to keep barreling through here. You know, you have to kind of be cognitive of the fact that like, is your life going to be the life you want in 10 years, in 15 years? Um, and you have to have those those hard questions and thoughts. And like I often say, sometimes you have to take a long walk in the snow to process these emotions and like feel the things. And maybe the age gap is too much, you know? So... 
<laughs> oh my gosh, Dean is killing me, but you know what? I can't stop him. Cause... Oh God, honey too. I gotta go put, I gotta put the dog away. Okay, it's like planes, trains, and automobiles over here. Phones rang. Sanding's being done. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know how quiet it's going to be. Okay, but back to that question. Um, so I think I made that message pretty clear. You just got to figure out, are your lives compatible? You know, there will be times where everything's working smoothly. And then other times when you're like planning for retirement and realize you have all these years and he does not. Like there's a, there's a significant difference. And so it may alter your plans slightly. But at the end of the day, you know, you kind of have to take this long walk in the snow to think and decide if this is the life that you want and you will figure out the answer, but nobody can really make that decision for you. I mean, is there a guarantee how long we all get to be on this earth? Are you happy and want to be happy now? I mean, there's so many factors and yes, there is the downside where like if you both live a long time and are healthy and well, that there may be a point where if you are the younger partner in the relationship, that you're alone and without that person, which honestly breaks my heart. And I cry every time I think about it. Oh, it gets me emotional even right now. But it's just, I'll just, uh, you know, just keep my babies close. And like, hopefully they love me and want to hang out with me. So I'm not like super alone. (laughs) What am I going to eat? Okay, let's not talk about that. Um, And then with the kids, do they notice it? Not really. Um, You know, they have a very involved dad and he's super fun and he keeps it exciting. If anything, I'm the one that's always taming shit down. Like he comes home with kid size ATVs, four wheelers, and they're ripping it around the yard. And I'm like, what have you done? This is insane. But secretly, I love it because he's such a wild card. Keeps it exciting. Okay, next question. Thrifty Vintage Owl, how do you balance everything? Hmm. I don't think I really do very well, to be honest. You know what I do? I prioritize the important stuff. I put out fires. Um, Some days like I'm really on top of stuff and I get the work done and I get the working out done and I get food made and it's like, holy, who am I? You know? And other days I'm skip the dishes. I'm in my pajamas most of the day and I can't remember when I last washed my hair, you know? And all my emails start with, thank you for your patience, you know? So, I mean... (sighs) Life is a mixed bag, man. And some days you got it together and sometimes you don't. And just be patient with yourself. But also, you know, my two cents, because I am a perfectionist, like a recovering perfectionist. P.S. That's not a good thing. It blows because it it is so debilitating at times. What did, what did my friends say on their podcast? It was like... Um, paralysis, perfection paralysis or something like that. This is a new podcast. My friends, by the way, Kelly Bourne and Kelly Boss launched a podcast called Talk Therapy. And I was, I've been listening and I was like, oh yeah, I love this little bite size, little lovely things to discuss. But anyway, and I was like, oh yeah, it, it blows to be a perfectionist because it can prevent you from starting amazing things and amazing projects. So my advice would be don't think about balancing everything. Just Try to do a few things and if you have a project that you're trying to get off the ground, do the work to get it off the ground and somehow shit sorts itself out, you know? Maybe you have to be realistic with your scheduling. Maybe you're putting a video out once every week or a podcast every other week and it's just, you just, you can't put them out every day. Back to what I said before about my dream of having a team because if you have a team of people who are responsible for all sorts of things and you're responsible for just your piece of the project that's different but when you're managing every element of it you just have to be realistic with your output hope that helps oh mom versus baby she says where did you buy that awesome fuchsia colored robe so i have a few house coats and one of them is like this delicious very thick and luxurious fuchsia robe girl bay days i bought it from the bay i think bay days are happening right now love me a good deal hudson's bay company um i don't know if it's elsewhere but it's in canada and oh my gosh they have such good deals it's this department store that sells like everything and a lot of things can be pricey but when it's bay days you get really good deals so i got it there Tristan Stevenson was asking about the new menstrual cups I was talking about and pads and how they're all working out. So in case you missed it, I put together uh, a video recently, probably two weeks ago. I'll try to link it in the show notes. If not, just head over to my YouTube channel and I go through a new cup, new period underwear, some reusable pads. And yeah, I give you like the lowdown on all these products. So be sure to go check it out. In the end, it ended up being like an Amazon Prime kind of menstrual care situation. So it worked out well. It's officially happened, friends. 
After much back and forth, humming and hawing, I have merch. You're going to find a link in the notes where you can go and pick up your very own always real merch. From t-shirts to crew neck sweatshirts to hoodies, even matchy matchy with your kids, go get yourself one. They're only available for a short time. Link in show notes. Sophie was saying or asking, can you ever be ready for a relationship while striving to be the best version of yourself? I think so. I think that that's kind of the beauty of a relationship with the right person who loves you is that you grow together. You know, I'm a very different person. Not so different, but I mean, I've grown. Your girl has is grown now from when I first met Dean. I met Dean, I was a baby for the love of God. I was 20 years old. If I thought... I was the best version of myself at 20. I was wrong. <laughs> like I am so much better now. <laughs> oh, I love getting older. But um, I think to withhold love because you're waiting to be this like perfect person is a waste of your time because it ain't going to happen. You know, it just life doesn't work like that. I think we become better people through our experiences, through living our life. And if you have a great partner who supports you and loves you, then you can grow together. And it's awesome. So you definitely want to have the foundation of loving yourself, being an independent person who doesn't require a partner to feel good things and to feel good about themselves. But go out there and love people. You know, it's fun. Jenny Giggs was wondering, what took you and your husband to Malaysia and for how long? I forget sometimes that there's new people that trickle in here. So Jenny, we were in Malaysia from 2010 till 2014, like midway through the year. We were living out there because my husband is a pilot and he took an opportunity and a job based out of... um, we started in Kuala Lumpur and then we moved to Penang and we lived there and we had our babies there. We started our family and it was great. It was like four and a half years. It was awesome. And there were highs and lows, but it was incredible. And it, um, it definitely shaped the rest of my life and my journey into becoming a mother. And I just loved it. So thanks for your question. Uh, Nan Jess Nook was wondering, how are you dealing with Dean being away so much lately? Hats off to you. Thank you, my friend. Sometimes I deal with it better than others. I've, you know, my my method is to give us like one thing that we do the each day that he's gone. So if he's gone in the week, you know, that one thing could be maybe we do like a we order dinner in one night or we watch a movie. I kind of like pause work and I don't work in the evenings and we like watch a special movie. Like we don't often watch movies in the week, you know, we don't have time for that. Um, I let them sleep in my room, even though I'm desperate for them to get out of my room. (laughs) You know, like we try to do something that's a little out of character. Maybe I'll get my dad to come out for dinner, like on a Tuesday, which is like super weird because it's midweek. We try not to do too many things in the week, you know, but like keep it fun. And then if he's away on the weekend, which totally blows because that is the hardest time I find like when he's away is like we make plans. So Patra will come over. We'll do like a fun activity. We've been doing lots of like seasonal themed things. We did like this Halloween event. You know, they'll I'll let them have play dates. I'll organize that kind of stuff just to like keep it exciting. And then what I try to do is when Dean's back, I try to steal a little bit of time for myself where I go either to the gym or I take a, you know, I go for like lunch on my own, like, oh, just you got the kids, I'm out for a minute. But it is tricky and sometimes it's easier than others, but they are getting older and more independent. Um, Of course, that said, I have found we're dealing with a different type of situation with the kids now that they're very aware of Dean being away. And I, I haven't quite found the solution yet, so I haven't really spoken about this part of it, but it's like a different kind of outburst and anger and it's all directed at me. And it's very hard for me to not take it personally. And I'm trying to figure out like how to solve this while going through it. But it is tricky. I'm getting getting a lot of mouthy replies and no one wants to listen to mom and it's really tricky. So it's difficult. I'm okay. I'm fine. It's dealing with the kids, to be honest. Rachel UK79, have you ever suffered from a panic attack? And if so, how did you calm yourself down? I have actually, um, I haven't experienced them lately, but I find like every now and then, like if the, if the circumstances are just right where I'm super tired and I haven't had much to eat and 
I'm just feeling that little sense of overwhelm. It's like I, I could just, I feel like I start breathing really quickly and I could just fall down. And I was actually just talking about this with Courtney, my hairstylist, and she was saying that if you drink water, if you, so if, as you're panicking, if you think to yourself, just have a cup of water and calm down, the reason why you want to drink a glass of water to calm down is because if you're drinking water, you're inhaling, you're swallowing, you're not hyperventilating. It's like, it, it really does help settle you and you're focusing on the coolness of the water going in. And it's like a very interesting experience. And I was like, I'm going to try that. So I'm going to try this tactic next time. But also I try to just remind myself that I am safe. I am, I'm okay. It's, it's going to pass. And if I'm really panicked, I sit and I watch ASMR videos. Um, couples, I think it was like last summer. Was it last summer? I was experiencing a bit more anxiety than usual. And it creeps up on me. And um, I can like have pretty serious panic attacks. And then I'm totally, totally drained. Like I, I pass out, right? It's not good. And so I thought, well, I don't want to go through that. And I felt it coming on. And I just sat down. And I just like watched ASMR videos, which are super chill and they, I enjoy them. Not everybody does. And I find it really calms me down. So those are some things I do. CC or Kutu O2. If you could choose to live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Honestly, I'm really happy right here, right now. I don't want to move. Dean is always talking about moving and I'm just not into it right now. And it feels nice to feel happy where you are. I'd love to travel a bit more. I love traveling. Uh, so hopefully we can do some more of that in the coming year. But yeah, I just love where I am right now. Lynn Marie too was asking, did you ever try the hypnosis therapy? And if so, what did you think about it? I did. I find there's a lot of questions about talk therapy. I did try talk th hypnosis and I thought it was incredible. And it's hard for me to go into like why it was so good. But I will say this. So as you go through it, like I didn't know if anything was actually happening. Um... And then when I spoke to my therapist afterwards, I was like, oh my God, so much time passed. Like, that's crazy. You know, like it actually worked. And what she was sort of explaining to me, I mean, I'm probably not going to do this much justice, but she was like, your brain knows what you need. Like your body knows what you need. But sometimes we fight those messages. So I did two hypnosis sessions. And the first one, and they were like weeks apart. And the first one, when I came back, it was like we spoke about some of the visual things that I saw and the colors I experienced and that kind of stuff and how I felt. And after the first one, it was like, I felt like I was on in this vast area, like endless possibility. The waves were coming in. It was a beach setting, sand, no one to be seen or heard. It was just beautiful. And I felt so free and so creative. Like, I, essentially why I do hypnosis, by the way, was to boost creativity. And so the first time it was like, what? And within 48 hours, and I'm not even kidding this, within 48 hours of my first hypnosis session, I finally rebranded. I created the logo for um, my podcast. Like I got all of this stuff done that had been weighing on me that I had not accomplished. And it was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. That's insane. It was like I just unlocked this creative part of my brain and it worked. Or like I removed the barrier that was preventing me from doing what I already knew I could do. And I just did it. Well, fast forward a bunch of weeks, life got a little overwhelming. There was a lot going on. I felt like I was juggling a lot. So we did another hypnosis session. And when I came out of it, we spoke about it. And I go, wow, that was really different. And so I explained that like the visual that I was getting was it was a jungle experience. So it was like in a jungle and I felt very like cocooned and safe and protected by the foliage um, like the light was kind of creeping through the leaves and I felt warm and protected and just like in this nook. And then when I came out of it, we spoke about it and she goes, isn't that interesting? You know, you came in today and I was explaining some of the things I was experiencing and feeling. And she was like, you know, your brain knows that like, you just need a little break. You need to feel protected and carried and nurtured where previously I was like, ready to burst from creativity and was like in the right time and space for that where this time I needed to just cocoon myself and not add and so what I got from that second experience that messaging was like I didn't need to add anything more to my plate just continue at the pace I'm at and re not retreat but like allow yourself to take a pause because that's what you need and to not ignore the warning signs and not ignore what your body is telling you and so I found them to be very powerful 
I don't do them very often. I do, I mix it with like talk therapy and then some of that hypnosis and then other exercises that my therapist will bring up. But it's, um, it's been a very interesting experience and I would encourage you to try it. Like it's kind of fun, you know? And when you find, I saw another question about like, how do you find a therapist? I think the thing is, is like, oh yeah, uh, Madame Fudge was like, how do you find one? You know, Fine. You can go to your doctor. It depends where you are. But like in Canada, you go to a doctor, you get a recommendation or a referral, and then you start up this new patient situation. Sometimes you can just go directly to a clinic and like a therapy kind of place and they'll like set you up as a new client. But ultimately, you just have to have a couple sessions, maybe three sessions with a person um, just to see that it's the right fit for you. And if it isn't, no hard feelings. You just move on and try to find another one. But don't give up because once you find the right person, it's very enjoyable. And a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people feel overwhelmed about having to tell somebody everything. It's not like you sit down and you're like, okay, once I was born, no, things come up naturally and you slowly build the puzzle out, but you tell the pieces that are important at the time that you sit down. And it's not like you have to write your whole life story. You talk about, like, I tend to talk about something that's bothering me, like at the current moment, and it's naturally tied to something else from your past or from my past and I'll share that experience and it builds a story and then they start to know the characters in your life and it's a very slow growing process and to me there isn't like an end in sight I go to talk therapy because it it works that muscle I think I'm a better person when my brain is clear when my mind is clear and this allows me to have that clarity and so that's why I prioritize that it's very important to me and I think it's just I think more people should go to therapy because we'd be better off, truth be told. Oh, and there was one more question I'll tag on to the end here. It was like Leando was saying, 28, without going into specifics, what does a therapist appointment actually look and feel like? So I'll lay it down for you. So basically I, I get there and this is a really lovely place and I get a cup of coffee. Usually they offer me coffee or water. And then we head up to one of the rooms. It's a house that's been renovated um, where each of the bedrooms is um, like a... That's where you'd go with your therapist. And it's set up very cozy, a nice sofa, nice light uh, paint on the walls and very calming. And there's usually like a little table with a clock and a box of tissues and a garbage. And depending what your therapist is doing, if it's the hypnotherapy, then there's like a headset and a mic and she sets you up and you lay down and you have like a little blanket and you just kind of get cozy. But if you're just talking, she sits across from you in her own chair or he sits across from you. And sometimes they have a pen and paper, taking notes. I don't know. Either way doesn't bother me. And you know, I just kind of start it like, hey, here's what's happening right now. Sometimes I have a specific thing. Like when I was experienced that assault in a store and that person had upskirted me with a camera, I addressed it. That was why I went in there. And then we spoke about other things. But it was like, I need to deal with this right now, this trauma, how this is impacting me and my body, because I was experiencing a lot of pain in my body from that. The trauma was very physical. And and it wasn't that the person actually touched me. It's that the, the trauma manifested in a very physical way. And I needed tips to how to like, how do I deal with this? Because I mean, like I am in excruciating pain. And then actually, you know what's super weird about that? I found a video during that time and my voice is like literally stifled. Like I, I felt like I had a ball in my throat. Super weird because just the way I was so vocal and expressing. Anyway. It's just really weird how trauma can manifest in your in your person, in your physical person. So, um, but anyway, so like you sit down and you start talking. And so now, because there isn't anything traumatic happening, I sit down and I'm like on my way there. It's about a 30 minute drive or so. I think about, okay, what's going on with me lately? What do I want to talk about today? And I talk about something and as I'm talking, sometimes you meander and then another topic comes up and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I was bothered by that. And that's what I find so beautiful is it's this beautiful, delicate dance where you are important and this person genuinely cares about what you have to say and what you're feeling. And if that is not the most beautiful gift you can give yourself for fuck's sakes, I don't know what is because honestly, in a time and space where people barely look up from their phones to finish a goddamn sentence, when you're sitting there in a room with eye to eye, you know, not intense, but comfortable connection with another person, it's it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And 
I truly do understand that I come, I'm coming from a place of privilege saying that I make this a priority in my life. But let me just tell you, I did not come from a place of privilege as a young child going through it. But there are so many free options. You just have to look for it. Like when I was a teenager, there was a counselor at school. When I was in Sejep in college, I saw the counselor at school again. Um, you know, my husband through his health coverage gets five sessions part of his um, benefits from his company. You know, what else is there? There was, oh, when I came back from Malaysia, there was a service like family services or something like that in Alberta. And I was able to see a therapist for free. So like there are resources, you just have to do the work, right? And it is worth it. It is worth it. And this last one, this last one, um, Megan Mom Life. She says, I'd love to hear your take on self-confidence. Can I learn and grow it? Uh, yes. <sighs> self-confidence. That's a doozy of a topic, isn't it? Because I, I know these days I definitely have an I don't give a fuck attitude, which I enjoy about myself. But also I do. I do give many fucks sometimes. Too many. <laughs> and... It's a it's a dance, okay? We are towing the line of feeling super confident and not feeling confident, and I think it's okay to feel both things simultaneous simultaneous. Oh my god, do you know the word at the same time? Um, but I think it's okay to feel super badass one day and not the next, because we are human. And what a thing to be human, you know? The human experience it varies. There's ups and downs. I think. In order to feel confident, you have to be in touch with what makes you happy, what makes you sad, and to be vocal about those things. Not in a way that's annoying and narcissistic, but in a way that's like, I am a person, I have value, I contribute and also receive, and these are things that I need. You know, like, I, th I truly think that's where a lot of it comes from because I, I, I often think about the woman I used to be when I was younger and wasn't as confident. Good things still happened because I believed I, I was deserving of them to happen, but I didn't quite embrace it the same way as I do now. I, I struggled with feeling good enough or I worried a lot about how I would behave in certain situations where now I'm like, hey, this is me, man. So what you see is what you get kind of thing. And I, I really do think that the more you take care of yourself and nurture yourself, the more confident you are. I hope that that makes sense because it makes sense to me in my brain. Anyway, on that note, I thank you so much for listening. I love this community that we've built and the fact that we can have this kind of dialogue. I love that so many of you are asking about talk therapy because you know that I think it's incredible and it's life-changing. And if more of us took care of ourselves, both physically and mentally and spiritually, just think of like the beautiful encounters you could have with PayPal. It's incredible. So thank you all for being here. Do one thing that's awesome just for you today and then tell me about it. Come to Instagram, at Amanda Muse. Hit me up in the DMs or on, you know, the latest um, in feed post and let me know how you're doing. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Until then, keep it real, friends. Bye. <laughs>